welcome to standing kind of tall. I can explain why I just said that instead of normal here in a second. Uh, but John, unfortunately, is not with us today. Uh, he and his papa, who he lives with, both have COVID. Um, so just our thoughts and prayers are with them. And I'm actually going to lead us in a quick prayer for them right now. Uh, so just bow with me unless you're in the car. And that's just really dumb. Please keep your eyes on the road. Okay. Uh, just Father God, uh, your name is above COVID, and we just know that you can heal. Uh, God, I just pray for John and his papa. Two very good people. Um, we know that you are in there. Uh, they are in your hands, God. Uh, so we just pray for healing and just you would walk them through uh, the sickness that they are in right now. And I just pray for them and pray that we would just be back to normal here in a week or two, God. It's in your hands and we trust you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So I have a couple guest stars this week. John gave me permission, so I'm not just like, stabbing him in the back or anything like that uh first guy his name is zach spears so he doesn't listen to the podcast i'm not bitter um he doesn't have to but he's just kind of a jerk for that so i asked him because he is literally like one of the smartest people i know and he's rolling his eyes at me right now uh he's he's in my i team uh stands for impact team for our campus ministry bcm so he's in there, and I've just gotten a lot of uh, good insight from him. I'm actually one of the leaders of that, and every time Zach talks, I'm just like, why am I, like, leading him, and he's not leading me? So Zach is just very smart, and I like what he has to say, so I wanted to bring him. And he is, uh, how tall are you? 6'3". So Zach is 6'3", so he is not the reason that I said standing kind of tall this evening, uh, that brings me to our next guest star. Uh, his name is Noah Freeman. Noah's a good dude, you know. <laughs> he does listen to the podcast, so thank you for that. Uh, he has lots of tattoos. They're really cool. Uh, and he's a good worship leader, and he has a band. Yeah, if you're picturing what he looks like right now, you're probably exactly right. He's got that cross forearm tattoo. You already know he's about to lead some fire worship. So got a couple guest stars with me this evening. No John. I uh, hope we can honor John well by doing a good job here this evening. Uh, you're probably going to hear a little less from me tonight just because I just wanted to bring in Zach and Noah's perspectives into what we're going to talk about, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but I just thought it was really interesting because Zach and Noah like didn't even meet until like 10 minutes ago when they showed up to my apartment. So I just think this will be really interesting and just hope we have some good conversation and just really get everyone thinking. So we're going to talk about first, uh, like tattoos and piercings and stuff. Like I said, Noah has tattoos and they're really cool. Um, if I didn't know him, I'd probably be a little scared. He's got some piercings. <laughs> he's got, um, if you've ever seen Rogue One, Star Wars, he's got the droid on there, K2SO, I believe is its name. But, uh, yeah, he's got tattoos. Zach does not have any tattoos, I don't believe. I don't, know. Okay, Zach does not have any tattoos, but he has a beard and large calves. That doesn't really have anything to do with what, what we're talking about. <laughs> but I think that's cool, and they deserve some credit. Because it's like 40 degrees, and he's wearing shorts. So he's got to flex on us. That's how you know. With those calves. That's how you know someone's a man. Like, if they can wear, because like, I can't do that. I really can't wear shorts in the winter. 
I wear pants probably as often as I can, but shorts in the winter is a real flex. I feel like I'm getting judged for wearing shorts at this time. I'm not even it's being sarcastic. It's not even no sarcastic. Okay. No judgment. <laughs> so we're going to talk about our convictions on tattoos. So like I said, I'm probably not going to talk a ton. Uh, that could change. I don't know. Uh, but I just want to hear from Noah and Zach right now. So one of you, you want to talk about your convictions on tattoos and why you were for them or against them? Just go ahead. Uh, yeah, so, you know. Being this a, is Noah. Yeah, right, you're talking. Hi, this is me, Noah. Um, being the resident uh, tattoo uh, expert here in this uh, workman household, I, uh, you know, I grew up, my family, um, on my mom's side, they were all just a bunch of, um, you know, rough individuals, not speaking like morally wise, but I mean, they all, they were all like either bikers or they had tattoos and they would show up and scary looking. yeah, they, they were some scary looking, uh, individuals. And so, I mean, and you know, majority of them were all, you know, God fearing and stuff like that. And it was always a topic of discussion. And so growing up, I never had any reason to associate, uh, tattoos, um, away from Christianity or I never had a reason to associate them with sin of any kind. Um, cause I knew, plenty of people who didn't have tattoos that I liked a whole lot less than some of the members of my family. Um, and, you know, growing up, uh, going to family events and looking up to these people is uh, not hard to imagine why. Maybe I got that perspective. And uh, I never really even thought about the consequences of having a tattoo. Obviously, I thought of, like, actual consequences, like how this could impact my job or, like, no, you don't need that barbed wire tattoo or anchor you know, things like, I thought about those kind of consequences, but I never thought about... Yeah, uh, no anchors, only that, chickens riding skateboards. Yeah, I, I do have a chicken riding a skateboard, and that one's... No anchors, though. No right? anchors, though. <laughs> no anchors. That's on my list, actually. Nothing profane, uh, nothing, like, bad. No anchors. That's rule number two. All right, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I guess I never really gave it any thought as far as, like, how it should impact my Christianity. Um, maybe I should have, uh, just for, you know moral purposes, but mm -hmm. I, uh, and you know, in examining Bible mm -hmm. verses and things like that, I've never really seen where people drew that conclusion as far as, like, should you feel convicted about this? Yeah. Uh, I know Zach, full of, full of wisdom in the Holy Spirit, will have some good insight into that that is also scripturally backed up, so go. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I'm not opposed to tattoos in the slightest. I've thought about getting one, still trying to decide. Um, what are you deciding on getting? So, the, I'm thinking about getting on my leg, run the race. Cause, calf? Know, no, the, my like quad. Yeah, we gotta protect those the beautiful leg. calves. No, because, so on the quad. because first, <laughs> if, people, if it would like hurt my witness or anything, it's uh -huh. something I can hide. And second off, it actually has a, like an important meaning to me. And third, I just, I think, uh, it'd be good to give to that area. So that's what I've been going for. Uh, originally, when I was younger, I was in a more legalistic church, so mm -hmm. I didn't have the best opinion of them. But upon actually looking into the scripture and reading what God tells us rather than what church structures or traditions have told us, then it started to make a little bit more sense that, no, this is something that falls into the Christian liberties, that uh, we can do what God has permitted us to and enjoy our rights. So 
uh, a lot of people use the verse in Leviticus, Leviticus 19.28, to basically say, you shouldn't do it because the Old Testament says no. Well, it says, you should not make cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. So it seems pretty, pretty black and white. Shouldn't have tattoos, right? Well, that takes, that takes all the context out of the situation. So at that time, the Jews were a separate people. And this was done to separate them from the Canaan, the Canaanites, excuse me, the pagans that during their rituals and stuff, they would cut themselves or mark themselves, and that was the tattoos of the time. So it's not saying anything about the tattoos that we have nowadays. It's talking about don't associate yourself and be in the world or in the pagan culture and doing what they're doing because then they won't see that you're different. They won't know God's impact on your life or something like that. Mm -hmm. so, I kind of relate to what you said about protecting your witness, which as a Christian, we need to be protecting our witness in any way possible. Um, but that's what we're talking about, like the tattoo kind of thing. I'm not really sure if having a tattoo destroys your witness. I do not think that at all. No, I don't either. Yeah, I kind of operate under this thing. Um, like Doug said, I do play in praise and worship bands. And yeah, you do. played in other praise and worship bands in the past. And uh, a general rule of thumb, um, and you were talking about the witness, is you know if I know I'm going somewhere where people might be offended by my tattoos, Sure, am I completely justified in having my tattoo? One, okay, 100% uh, debate me on that on Instagram if you want to. Uh, but Throw out your Instagram handle. Noah B. Freeman, <laughs> go ahead and hit me up there if you want to have a talk about tattoos and why Jesus loves you anyways. Um, that costs $5 for advertising oh, on does this it? podcast. That's, that's going to be a shame whenever I plug a couple more things later. <laughs> Profitable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that, do I think it in heaven impacts... Uh, my salvation no but like no you're i think it's important to know your audience sometimes like if it offends your brother uh, yeah. then you should stop doing it or at least make an effort to not make it a problem for them uh so i mean if i know if i go somewhere and i know that this is maybe a church that takes offense to that all mine are uh as of now like in places that i can cover up very easy with a long sleeve shirt so it's sleeves not, to cover up your sleeves sleeves to cover up your sleeves <laughs> Uh, so it's not a big deal. Like I, first it was a big deal. Like I was like, oh, I'll go in there and I'll argue with the pastor about it. But I mean, that's not fruitful. That's not kingdom building things like that. So, uh, yeah, like you said, like I think it's important because it can build witness. And it's whenever you have it, I think it's also a responsibility because it can destroy witness and it can be impactful. But it can also, like it did for me, build uh, witness because I was able to see people who were God fearing. But I'll, they also knew their audience. Yeah. And going like back to the Christian liberty thing, Paul says if it's a stumbling block, then you should try and avoid it. But if it's not, then enjoy your Christian liberties. God's given us the ability to have this form of art or anything like that. So as long as it's not a stumbling block, absolutely. And, I mean, you can't know everybody what's going to be a stumbling block or not. But if you do know, yeah, like maybe cover it up or something. And you say you do, so like that's fine. But it's not necessary to that scenario yeah we need to follow our convictions as well um, yeah. instead of just honestly doing whatever we want like we have as believers we have jesus in our heart we have the access to the holy spirit so um if we're convicted about something and we do it anyways that's sin and if you haven't learned on standing paul podcast by now sin is bad <laughs> it's true 
I, yeah. Uh, no dies. Sin is not great. Actually, so, okay, not great. Evil. Evil. Yeah, there's the word. There's evil. The word. evil. Okay, yeah. Not great is not a great way to describe sin. Okay. Not great I'm is sorry. like getting oat milk in your coffee. Evil. I don't know if I've experienced that. You don't want to. It's not great. Um, I wouldn't call it evil. I don't know. It's pretty close. Uh, but sin? No, oat milk in your okay. coffee. Okay, let's say. No, sin is bad. Sin is evil, 100%. Oat milk is a close second. Uh, okay, so we learned sin is bad. Keep talking now. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, that was a horrible little thirty second. Uh, probably longer than thirty seconds. I just I do that a lot. It's longer by the second. I just I don't ruin everything, but it's like like we're still talking about it. <laughs> so I'm gonna, All right, on to the next topic because that one there, you know. I'm gonna stop doing this. <laughs> what were you saying? I, uh, you know, I something that I kind of operate a lot, and whenever I have discussions with people about like, yeah, but it's not a sin. Like you should go in there and feel free to do it. It's like, well. Yes, I'm right in having tattoos, and I, but would I rather be right or righteous, I think is what the saying is. Like, yes, I, I'm 100% right in having tattoos, but I'm not righteous. It is by no means righteous to go into a church with people who might be uncomfortable uh, with a worship leader who has tattoos. It is in no way righteous for me to come in like that and offend all those people. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like it. Like, I want to see you up there playing the piano or whatever your cross tattoo i'm just like he's got it you know he's got the cross tattoo. obviously he's yeah. a real worship right. leader <laughs> well yeah going off that uh in isaiah 49 16 uh behold i have engraved you on the palm of my hand your walls are continually before me so this is a metaphor of god speaking and it's basically saying that he engraved it on his hand in our terms if you put it and on your body a tattoo or something that has a meaning of spiritual or something like that, then absolutely it's permittable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, as long as you're God-honoring in your actions and not being a stumbling block, I don't think you can go wrong with it. So I think even God using that scenario where at the time markings and stuff like that was thought as the pagan kind of thing, but in this sense, it's more of remembering of us rather than the pagans, how they're remembering of false gods. So if you have like a biblical sense or something for it, so even more so than other stuff, other stuff could just be an art form. But mm-hmm. I think both are permittable, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, I've thought about listeners, you'll probably enjoy this. So if you know me, you know I'm from Point Pleasant. And if you know anything about Point Pleasant, you've heard of the Mothman. So, like, I like like the Mothman. Not like like-like, because that would be weird. But I like the Mothman. And I've thought about getting a Mothman tattoo. Uh, yeah, just as a, like a symbol of where I came from. You know, like, wherever I go in the world, I'll always look back on that tattoo. Mothman be like, will always be with you. I'm from Point Pleasant. Because the Mothman is tattooed on my body. So I got a henna once on my shoulder. And I kind of liked it. Uh, I don't know if I'd actually pursue that. I thought it'd be funny if I got, like, Mothman on my back. And, like, the wings. Like, if I spread my arms up. Like, the wings would look like they were flapping. That would be dope. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably not. But I thought about it. You know? <laughs> I don't know if that would help my witness. Because I'd be like, why is there, like, a demon looking thing on your wherever but uh, yeah so probably no mothman tattoo for me 
Well, I'm definitely interested. I was re- at, for a long time, up until this very moment, I thought that the Mothman tattoo was just going to like was something that was going to happen eventually. So now I'm what? Kind of, <laughs> I thought that that was actually something that you were going to do because you talked about. Oh, it so Mothman much. tattoo. Uh, I mean, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Zach? I mean, if it has significance to you, go for it. Like, it's it boils down to it being an expression of art. Now, granted, I would think a lot more about it than if I was just painting something because it is on the body, and if you do want to take it off, it's going to hurt and cost a lot. So, I think having meaning, or if you're just fine with it as a memory thing, that's cool too. Like, it just boils down to an art form that falls under Christian images. Yeah. I think it's also important to remember that, like, it can be, like, you can, obviously, per- like, intentionally and purposefully tattoo, like, sinful things on yeah. your body. Like, it's not just like, oh, they, I listened on the Standing Kind of Tall podcast that they said that tattoos are great and they're fine, so I'm going to go get uh, this whatever thing. I'm not, I don't, can't think of anything. Yeah, whatever thing. Whatever thing. This thing that obviously represents something unholy or, you know, profane or whatever. Like, understand that that's not just because, like, tattoos are okay. Like, that just means the general idea. It doesn't necessarily mean what you get tattooed. Um, I think you should also keep that in mind as well. Well, going back to the Christian liberty thing, Paul, Paul implicitly says that if you don't want to do it, that's fine. It's a you have the option to do or partake of the Christian liberties. You don't have to, you don't have to. But what is expressed in the Bible is that you shouldn't be honoring pagan things or things not of God with your tattoos. And that's what the markings in Leviticus was talking about. Yeah. And bouncing off that, I think a lot of people use 1 Corinthians 6, 18, or well, 6, 19 through 20 to say, oh, you shouldn't have a tattoo because your body is the holy temple of the Lord. But they fail to address that the verse beginning, or preceding it, I should say, is talking about sexual immorality. So taking little pieces of the Bible to fit your agenda and not reading what Paul is actually saying in something is just as bad as telling somebody that you should get a tattoo. Because you are making the Bible to fit what your structure or what you grew up with or what you believe to define their relationship with Christ. And that's a big no-no. So true. That's a great segue. This is a easy little question here. Uh, I want to see what they think. So, is legalism maybe still in the church today? I'll let you take this hard one. Okay. Um, I really enjoy this question. I uh, There were a few people uh, that I've run into that probably very much don't like me for tackling this question head on um, and in personal experiences. Uh, I have always been very challenging of legalism. And while I don't think that it's in place um, out of like a spiteful or bad nature, I think that it's um, the way that I've often described it is man's conditions on God's love. So I think that it's like God definitely has set some clear guidelines, some boundaries, things that rules we need to abide by. But I feel like most of legalism lies in what man has said. Also, God needs this. And mm-hmm. it's not not necessarily biblically true. Usually there is some context missing um, or something of that nature. And I think that 
especially in, uh, you know, the, the church as far as we know it, like, you know, your typical Pentecost church, I think legalism is very much still alive. You think so? Well, it's an absolutely, absolutely prevalent, especially around where we are in Appalachia. So I, I think it's understandable that we have legalism, because if you look back at the Pharisees, they went a long time without direct contact from God, and what happens? Man makes religion with their rules rather than what God has dictated from us from the beginning. Yeah. Jesus come, corrects it, there is fight back against what Jesus is saying because it's not matching up with human structures that we put on religion. Yeah, literally but, healing someone on the Sabbath yeah, and get mad. I mean, the Pharisees are, to me, the legalistic culture of today. They Legalism has put such a stipulation on who can be accepted as a true Christian as long as you do A, B, and C, but they're not addressing issues that they probably partake in, D, E, and F. It's, it's putting sins that you don't struggle with or that you don't do, or Christian liberties that you think are sins, and putting them and alienating them while you're doing things that are sins and just not talking about that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's interesting that, especially in the legalistic culture that we have, being in the Bible Belt and whatnot, how we have put so much emphasis on what Bible version you use, stuff like that, and not talking about the issues running rampant in the church. Like, not showing love to people is Christ's whole mission, mm -hmm. his whole mission statement on this earth, and we fail to address it, and we'd rather argue about people's sins and how they're worse than our own. So yeah, I, think I feel like it makes, uh, puts a bigger emphasis on rules and religion than it does relationship. And our whole Christian walk is like our relationship with Christ and how that is going. Um, so yeah, definitely that. <laughs> so like, especially how the Pharisees always tried to trip up Jesus on their laws that they had set up for the Jewish people. And then Jesus always points back to what the Bible actually says, what God actually says and how we should live our life and how it's a relationship about serving people, loving people, and honoring God rather than following the rules and hoping I'm good. Mm -hmm. You think uh, following Sabbath would be legalistic? What do you think about that? I personally don't. I think Sabbath is good for us. I think it is uh, just needed. Like what Jesus said, he is Lord of the Sabbath. So and he created man for the Sabbath, not Sabbath. Oh, wait, did I just get that backwards? He created Sabbath for man, not man for Sabbath. So, what do you think about that? So, the Sabbath is kind of a different issue because it permeates throughout the entire Bible rather than just Old Testament law that Jesus uh, redeemed us from. So, Sabbath is meant as a way for us to rest in God. So, whenever Jesus says he's the Sabbath, it's not saying that we shouldn't be partaking in the Sabbath. It's rather that we don't have to do the old Jewish Sabbath, which was a lot of doing actions to try and make up for sins because we didn't have a perfect sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Rather, we rest in Jesus. Jesus is our Sabbath. We rest in him because he is that perfect gift that is completely redeeming of us. So I think the Sabbath does involve the legalistic uh, culture because Christ is our Sabbath. If that makes sense. Dang, that's fire.
thoughts meant a lot. I got he how how can I follow up after that? That was good. No, I, for sure. I mean, like I definitely was gonna touch on that, like with the whole, you know, I don't, and that's what I was saying. Most of what man has constructed, like around the church, isn't necessarily great. But I do think that the structure of church in general, the structure of you know taking a day from your week to try and make sure that you're off work, try and make sure that you get to spend time with your uh, family and friends and brothers and sisters in Christ, whether that be at a home, um, in worship, or at a ser- church service somewhere. I think that those are great things, and I think that those are definitely things that like God wants us to do. Um, so, I mean, that's why I just, I mean, like Zach said, I mean, it was just so, he made it so clear that it's just. He does that. Yeah, he does that. It's kind of, I understand what you were saying about the eye king thing now. Um, I am, I'm like, I have no business being in the same room as this <laughs> like, guy. All right, well, I guess I'm yeah. fine. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that that's, I, I think that the Sabbath is important, for sure. And for sure. I mean, Jesus even takes time away to pray, communion with God. So, like, why shouldn't we follow his example? He set it out so, so perfectly for us. So, if, if Jesus still honors the Sabbath, I think it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah, we just, <laughs> it sounds really obvious but like we just need to imitate jesus almost like you know? we should be little christs i love how uh in a lot of the gospels like probably like all all of them duh but there's like just nonchalant verses saying that jesus withdrew to like the wilderness or just to be by himself to pray and be with the father and that's just been really convicting me lately because if he does that needed to do that like how much more so do we and how little do we maybe like five minutes um i don't know you the listener you know how much time you withdraw to spend alone time with god um so i just challenge you that if you are not doing that uh just remember and read about like how often jesus did that and like i said he's he's perfect um so if he needed to spend time with the father like how much more so do we that's uh that brings me to like you know thinking about there's a lot of things that like i think jesus is or i know jesus is the perfect example and that's just one thing it's like you know he jesus prayed and didn't didn't get one of his prayers answered jesus would even jesus had to uh go into the wilderness and search his heart and spend time with god and spend it like spend individual the holiest person had to take time to rest his soul and connect with God. And, I mean, like you said, if he needs to do that, of course we need to. For sure, yeah. Is that anything, Zach? Looks like you're working on something. I think, I think I addressed that issue sufficiently. But I, I feel like we don't take the Sabbath seriously a lot of the time, too. So, like, I think taking the Sabbath seriously, focusing on your relationship with God, resting in your redemptive Messiah is something that we take way too lightly and that while it is a time to relax we still need to be reflecting communing with God and truly finding not just physical rest if we nap all day or something like that but spiritual rest mental rest in Christ's Father. Yeah Sabbath should not be a break from God it should be a break from everything else we need to be unplugging and connecting with God more than we do on a normal day-to-day basis because we are just busy people in busy worlds. Uh, We have just so much information in the palm of our hands, which is our phones, 
Um, so Sabbath is, should be a time to just take a break from all that. And like you said, um, just meditate and be with God for a day. You and I were talking. You and I had lunch today, Doug, and uh, we were talking. It was breakfast. About, okay, well, we had breakfast food, but it was lunch time. Uh, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, we were talking today just about how important it is, uh, and this is kind of like in reference to the Sabbath, and you said, it, you know, even in your day-to-day life, you should be doing these things. And it's important, like, phones are great. I love, love everything to do with technology. I think, like, I always want, like, the new gear, stuff like that. But I think in that, it's important that you are present in whatever moment you're in. If that's like fellowship or something like that, or in church. Um, and that doesn't have to be with phones, not to harp on phones. Uh, but like you can be distracted by anything. But I think it's very important in engaging conversations or fellowship with one another that you are present in the moment. And people take notice of that. People really appreciate it. And I am certain that it's a lot more productive to your fellowship with one another. I mean, if Doug or me or Zach was just sitting back and like, if I was just looking on my phone the whole time, I wouldn't be very engaged in this conversation. And then it'd just be a couple minutes of silence from all of us as we fumble to make a podcast. Probably wouldn't hear me much either. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Hats. <laughs> Hats. What do y'all think? Hats in church. Can I start off with my experience that got me onto this? Go ahead. Okay. So I think I was about 17, and uh, this was like my first encounter. Uh, not my first, by any means, but like the first uh, encounter with legalism that I really kind of struck a nerve with me. And I walked into church, and I wear hats a lot. I have a lot of different hats. Um, right now he is wearing a hat of a beaver that looks very upset. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Um I walked into church with a hat on, and there was uh, someone there, and they confronted me about it, and they were kind of, in a condescending way, told me that I needed to take my hat off. It was disrespectful to God. And I, it bar- I mean, it made me very annoyed. And so I told her, I said, if you can find me one verse in the Bible not taken out of context, that says that I shouldn't wear a hat in church. I will I will not only not wear a hat in church ever again, I will not wear a hat ever again. Which what I was putting a lot on. I wear a hat every day. So that was high stakes. A bold move. But I was pretty confident. And eventually she comes, and I don't remember uh, the verse, like where exactly that is at in the Bible. I, I know it's I think it's in one Corinthians. There's I'm not two sure options. Exactly. Two it's options. In Corinthians. It's in one of those. It's either first or second. Uh, I know that for sure. But I do know that it was, you know, in reference to, uh, it said a man should not cover his head in a place of worship. And uh, I was like, oh, shoot, I just lost. And so I took my hat off, and I was like, give me one, a couple minutes to research this. And with a quick, you know, flip through my Bible, I very quickly learned that it was more of, uh, with the proper context, uh, if you're looking at it in that culture at the time, uh, if you would just read a couple of verses later, it also speaks about how um, if a woman does not have her head covered, it might as well be shaved. And so I don't know very many women who are Christian that cover their heads all the time um, or have their head shaved. So, I mean, going into that, it's like, obviously you need to read into the context of these verses, not just the context of like a couple of verses after, but like 
why was this written? Why was this said? And she ended up being wrong, and uh, we're still friends, generally <laughs> speaking. That was not bitter. I'm it's not bitter good. about it, because I, was, I won, so I'm, I have no reason to be bitter. Is there a one, though? You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. I, I feel kind of like a jerk after saying that. I didn't win. We're all winners. But I mean, it's like... <laughs> We're we were both saved, so we're both winners in the end. But it's like yeah. I kind of felt, I kind of felt like don't come after me and my brand like that and say that my brand say that I'm like sinning or being disrespectful. Yeah. And I, you know, you and I had that talk about how I do feel like it's respectful to take your hat off during the national anthem and things like that, things that people view as respectful. And that's why you know, like I said with the tattoo thing, if I go into a room where people. I know that, like, know your audience. You go in, I know these people are going to probably be offended if I wear this hat in this church, or I know that people are probably going to be offended if I don't take this hat off during prayer. I'm going to take it off. Because mm-hmm. it's not worth being a stumbling block for somebody. Just that I can wear my angry beaver hat. Yeah. So going, going off the hat thing, it's, it's very much like the tattoo issue. And it's all about cultural inferences of what you're doing. So just like tattoos were a symbol of the pagan culture and honoring that kind of thing, head coverings were seen as a way of, I guess you could equate it to provocatively dressing nowadays. If you weren't covering your head, you were thought to be available or, um, I don't know how to say it. Uh, not de- uh, not of the best desirable character, I should say. So that was an issue at the time, culturally. So what they did as to not provide a stumbling block would just have that as a tradition at that time to cover the heads. So as that is not an issue nowadays, it doesn't really have the same context. So that verse is a very legalistic way of making something that I don't want you to do, and here's my verse to back it up that is taken out of context. Yeah. Don't you love verses taken out of context? Dude, my favorite. Like last episode, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, uh, so I will dunk that basketball. I mean, Benjamin Franklin made his own Bible, so if you just make a Bible with what you want, (laughs) just use that, it's fine, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... I know everyone likes Douglas's Strugglesses, but this episode, like, I don't really struggle with any of these things. Like, I do, obviously, the things we discussed last episode, anxiety, contentment, all that good stuff. But don't worry, next time John is here, which is hopefully very soon, we'll be discussing pride. And I just got a lot to say about that, lots of struggles revolving pride. Uh, But we don't want... We're glad you listened to this episode. Uh, we aren't saying that we are like completely right or we have all the answers. Definitely not saying that. Uh, the most important thing is that we follow Jesus. Uh, just having a relationship with him and just pursuing him is just the most important thing that we can do. Just remembering who we are in him, um, following our convictions, uh, being mindful of those, just obeying the spirit that is within us. So, uh, We ask that you do not sue Standing Tall for false advertising because, unfortunately, Noah is under six foot. I'm six foot. uh, I wore my boots here to make me six foot. So 
technically while the podcast is recording, I am standing tall. Noah is 5'11". <laughs> <laughs> so please do not sue for false advertising. I know the name on the podcast is Standing Tall. Noah is standing 5'11", so we just apologize for that and ask for mercy. It's still above the average U.S. height, though, so technically he is in the taller half of the United States. Six foot's the bar. I don't <laughs> make the rules. I don't okay, make the okay. rules. What are things that Noah struggles with? Uh, tattoos, uh, being short, wearing ha- top shelves. Reaching the top shelves. Wearing hats in church. That's it. That's all I struggle with, That's 100%. Funny. That's hilarious. Okay, yeah. We don't <laughs> we don't discriminate if you're listening and you're short. It's just I think it's really funny. <laughs> I just think that's really funny. Uh, so I really hope that you enjoyed this special episode. Uh, next time you listen, it'll be normal. It'll be John and myself discussing a topic, and you'll get to hear all about my personal life and how I struggle. Um, so we just thank you for listening to this episode of Standing Tall. We are most certainly praying for you and just hope that you will get something out of what we discussed today. Um, Just thank you again, and God bless.